Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Good evening and welcome to another installment of Three Devs and a Maybe. Um, I am one of your hosts, Fraser, and I'm here today with Ed Mann, as usual. Hello. And Lewis Keynes. Good evening. And Naked Michael Budd. <laughs> Hello. How are we doing? Very good, sir. Very good, yeah. The Naked thing, I suppose, just, just check out the Twitter feed. Check out the Twitter feed and it will all be makes sense. Or not. Especially you don't have you to. ladies, you'll, you'll like that. <laughs> and retweet it. If you like it, retweet it. Even if you don't like it, retweet it. Make up yeah, new Twitter right. accounts just to retweet that. It needs and to do the rounds, basically. It definitely does. Definitely need I need to apologise for what I'm wearing as well. I'm wearing a very questionable uh, T-shirt in that picture. I suppose at so, least you're uh, wearing some <laughs> yeah, T-shirt. At least you had the decency to yeah, put some clothes on, though. It's unlike uh, an, another post <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, dear. Brilliant. Oh. Well, I normally, I normally try and get dressed at least 8 o'clock in the evening if I can. So I've been, I've been dressed <laughs> for a while now. So. Oh, you know, it takes an hour to get ready. It does. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it bear this in mind, Mickey. Bear this in mind. Starting from my left, because Ed, you're the the well, not even from my left. Starting with you, Ed, because you're furthest left on my Skype window. How was your week? Very good, sir. Very good. Yeah. Um, the weather being weird. I know that's not interesting at all, but you know, I just looked outside and it's a bit weird. Anyway, and we're British, and that's what and we're British, about. and that's what we talk about all the time to everyone. But anyway, no, other than that, like tech related, like, posted a couple of blog posts. Finally, did the co-catter, guys. Yeah, I'm looking at all you Ooh. guys. Oh, I yeah. saw you. You did a blog post with the solution to all of them, though. Yeah, so, uh, I, I kind of did a roundup of, of reverse the string. I'm kind yeah, of like that was good. Yeah, kind of. Uh, do that and then well, so well obviously normal work stuff not really interesting going on there but really actually it's been working up notes and stuff for this episode for uh which i'm sure we'll talk about in a minute because that's what this episode is about but Fantastic. yeah that's pretty much it all right perfect lewis how about you uh not too bad usual usual week really it's gone a bit quieter at work but um busy thick and fast with all my freelance stuff at the moment so yeah I haven't really got masses to report. It's oh, fair enough. So how many, how many uh, freelance projects are you working on right now? Two. Well, one actively. The other one is, is through the design period, going through the design period at the moment. So uh, I'm waiting on that. Basically, it gets split into two things where you advertise the design thing to the to the designers and they all like submit you a couple of designs to, to look at and you pick the best one. Right, yep. And then after that seven-day period, you then that the, the winning designer then does the rest of it and there's another consultation period there so I'm, I'm doing that in the other one i've got the finished design for one which i'm now building do they look are they good results yeah I, i'm very happy with them it's mad the the second one that i've that i'm, that I'm doing now is for a teaching consultancy website we got like i think 33 designs in total wow 33 choose from yeah, she didn't know where to start. She so was going what, what through So what do they give you then? Do they just give you like the, the initial front page, kind of what Starling's going to look yeah, like? Yeah, just, just get JPEGs, really. JPEGs and screenshot kind of thing. Pixelated JPEGs, you... yeah? Kind of. That's no, pixelated, <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, there's going to be a couple of greens there, you know. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. But Yeah, and then you basically, yeah, you pick out which one you like from there, pick the best concept, and then it gets developed from there. So it's a, it's a good process, and you get so much choice, and the quality is really good. So what's, the, tur- what's the turnaround like on that, you know, when you – post something and then actually get like feedback on it is it almost instantaneous it is pretty quick what from when you post the brief to your first Mm. response both times within six or seven hours that's That's insane are they just 
wait. I suppose they just wait in there to kind of like chuck a design together for you. Pretty much. Yeah. And where are well, they all based? Are they, they are they based in India or are they based in the UK or like what kind uh, of people? Uh, I think the I think certainly the majority of the ones that have contacted me have have, have been from India way. I think. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I've, you, you can't really see a lot from the people that, yep. that design. You can kind of click on their profile, and sometimes it says where they're from, and other times it doesn't. But it's it's cool. You can actually like look at some of the stuff they've done, and you know, I, through through the both projects, I've had a total of about nearly fifty designs to look at, and none of them have wow. been bad. It's been, that is phenomenal. Like, any any of them, any of them would have been like really good designs to roll with for a website. So, yeah. Well, you know, hold on to them then, and then you yeah, exactly. You can just roll them things out, you know. Photoshop. Can you just send me this in a bigger res? Yeah. You know, maybe without yeah. the watermarkings on. You've know? yeah, got bad eyesight today. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, got <laughs> yeah. Some I don't need these well. watermarkings. I really yeah. just take them off so I can see the full design. <laughs> I, I do have an announcement to make, actually. Have do you? Oh. I, I've decided to to bite the bullet. Funny enough, talking about this, I've actually hired one of the guys to design my website. Have really? you really? Oh, nice. Wow. That's, uh, that is finally um, in design, being so, designed now, and. Thankfully, once that's done, I'll actually have the uh, kick up the backside to go ahead and actually make my own website and awesome. get it launched because nice. it seems a bit ludicrous that I don't really have one. I have a Twitter feed, and that's pretty much so my is this, is this the that blog? and this. Is this the blog, or is this the actual official lkainswebdeveloper.co.uk? Yeah, this is, hey. this is the whole proper shebang. Yeah, they're, made, they're designing me a nice blog and everything for it, so I'll... Uh, I'll get that put together. I look forward to launching that. Have you got, have you got any designs? Have you got anything you can send us like off air and stuff? No, or? This, this is literally um, off the cuff from about lunchtime today. Ah, so I'm, oh, I'm expecting I'm looking some, forward. I'm going to take this silly hat off now because I look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I, and the I, listeners would never know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I mean, he said he'll be send, sending me some design samples towards the end of the week. Oh, and he's doing me a logo as well. So oh, that's, that's nice. Wow, High-res logo, which will be good. So... Yeah, I look, I look forward to uh, to the process that will be coming with that. Make Perfect. sure he sends it in bitmap, BMP format, the best, you know? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 don't, no, don't. It's like ridiculously big, like a couple of gigabyte per... Um, Is it? I used to okay. save everything in it. I don't know why. Um, I, th- I think he's sending me it in a um, Microsoft PowerPoint presentation or something. Oh, that'd be okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. copy and paste it out of there. Is he going to be like the uh, the fat opera man with the, the thing in front of him doing that? Hopefully. <laughs> I, I have asked that he uses as much clip art as he can. Yeah. Yeah. And design, comic so. sans. Comic sans. Oh, it's yes. everywhere, awesome. so you might as well go with it. 100%. So how about your golf? You played any golf, or has it just been straight up working this week? I haven't actually. Well, I, we, we had a weekend, and we decided to have a weekend of saving money this weekend because yeah. we've got so much. Uh, we've got quite a lot coming up, so uh, just just stayed in, and the weather was pants, wasn't it? Yeah. So no, I didn't get out on the golf course at all. But I live in hope. <laughs> Maybe this weekend we'll see. Fair play. And how about you, Michael? Is, is, you had oh, a, oh sorry. sorry, go on. No, go on. I was going to say, is this your final? final one this week no or? i've got one because i fly next thursday so oh, i can do wow. wednesday night and then up the following morning to, to jet off but yeah Holy moly. so i'll be back next week nice That's amazing yeah it's a bit scary <laughs> <laughs> anyway michael how was uh, your week uh yeah pretty good thanks um away from the code uh had a nice weekend away in sunny norfolk nice. um camping or <laughs> always no um no, I was saying a little uh, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> Boom. A uh, little holiday home, just overlooking a lake. Uh, and uh, yeah, had like a little hot tub in the back. Um, so yeah, I was there with um, like... Uh, Considering four... not five minutes ago, we saw you with your top up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And that's the listeners' is what you're missing on Twitter. It's... 
It yeah, was a liberating so. weekend, yeah. Well, yeah. all of our friends, Goldfish Bowl, Car Keys, New York City. Is there a reason why we don't see your video at the moment? I'm just, just wondering. Oh, I don't know. Am I off video? Yeah, I'm looking oh. at, I'm looking at oh, I'm sorry, either guys. it's your video or the worst game of pool well, ever. I put no my top back on. I just Where? thought you didn't want to see it. Now, but it's not the same, is it? There we are. Uh, but yeah, I took my bottle of whiskey that Justin bought me. Oh, yeah. Glenfiddich, yeah? Glenfiddich? Yes. Because yes. I've never really been into whiskey. Who's, and I thought, it's like... That? Never heard uh, <laughs> Some clown. Uh, calls himself a Glen, designer. Glenfiddich. Oh, if we talk about Justin. You mean, uh, Vicky. That's <laughs> on your mind. Um, sorry, he never listens to it anyway. But... Uh, <laughs> oh, he yeah. does. He's on holiday now, though, so we won't hear this. Oh, is he? Yeah. Awesome. What a better but I thought... day. <laughs> <laughs> He's not I thought it's like, like beer, you know? No one likes beer when you first start drinking it. You've got to get I through do. that barrier. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, when you're, like, 12 or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I drank it, and I wasn't sure at first. Then I tried it with a little bit of water, which was really good, and then kind of got back down to neat. But, and now I love whiskey. It's awesome. So, yeah. Why are you putting water with whiskey? Well, I think some people do, don't they? Yeah, it's Just meant to, to bring the, of... the flavour out more, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. It takes away a bit of the edge. But, okay. yeah, neat is good. But, yeah. Uh, that's so, it. yeah, that's neat my... Neat is good. Neat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in the code, or back to the code, um, <laughs> what have I got to say? Uh, well, I won't say too much because I, I use that library that Ed's... Um, so that was about the UTF-8 encoding, but he's going to talk about it later. Uh, I did read a bit of .NET magazine. I've got two that I just hadn't read and I was just trying to catch up on. And um, you know how, like, with, like, um, uh, was it .NET magazine or Web Designer Mag? can't remember one of the two, but there was a good bit at the back of it. I um, don't know if you guys read it, but I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about um, frameworks, like all topics. That you but he was talking about... Um, he doesn't really like uh, like Coding Nighter or Laravel. He, he finds them too heavy. Yeah, and he was uh, basically um, he was plugging uh, Falcon hey. Falcon framework. I had a look at that after your link. I really I know I look at some of the code. It looks kind of quite like look of it. If I'm being honest, I gotta be honest. I haven't had a chance to try it, but um, it did look quite nice. But uh, basically, this guy was talking about um, like optimizing performance on Apache. Uh, he did talk a little bit about Nginx, but he took many about Apache and he was uh, all these tools you can download, like the time or like page loads and stuff like that. And some of the results he gets from like using these frameworks versus Vulkan are really impressive. And then he starts talking about stuff that's way over my head, like talks about caching functions and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually quite impressive. I mean, I guess you wouldn't really need it until you're you're talking like you're getting like thousands of hits a day or whatever. But I guess his argument is that you should always plan for that. Even if you're just launching michaelbud.org and you get like 10 hits a day, you should still be planning for 50,000. That 000. many? See, is, <laughs> is that, do, you, do you agree That's with more that? more than me. Do you yeah. agree with planning? I, I planning? Love, I love, no, 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 do you agree with planning like for that kind of worst case, even if it's just a simple website? I don't know if that's... Yeah, absolutely. Well, you don't... Really? Well, if you insure your house, do you insure it for a oh, golf no, I suppose, ball I'm just thinking, like, Or do you insure it for a hurricane? I suppose... Hit? I would like to, I kind of think how much stuff, I mean, you can over-engineer on something, can't you, really? I think getting it out there, and it's, it's actually a, a kind of a seal of, like, approval of, like, yes, this is a good product, if you can, if it fails, it's like, you know, it's like the whole Twitter thing. You know, they use Ruby on um, Rails and stuff, and then it all crashed down, and that's like, well, yes, because we've beaten Ruby, you know, we can't use that anymore. We need to go step up and use, you know, other languages or, you know, do more optimization and stuff. Classic ASP. 
Like classic <laughs> ASP, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with that phrase, over-engineering. How can you say that to BMW or Mercedes about their cars? Well, over-engineering, yeah. like, the, the time to, like... <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. The, the time, like, you know, it's like... So if I'm, like, a developer now, and I'm, like, going to... So it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to write in PHP. I should write in C, because it's better language, like, for... <laughs> Uh, uh, no, yeah, I see what you see. I see what you're saying, actually. But yeah, there's a, a factor of time involved with every, anything, isn't there? So you can't, you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I love that whole kind of tuning stuff and trying to reduce lines of code. Dennis, trying, trying Dennis is in the way. Oh no, I agree with that. I, very, I do definitely. But anyway, I can't really. I've not used it, so I'm doing my usual like plugging something. I've not used it, but. Uh, I will at some point, like in the summer, probably have a go at playing Falcon. Because it's it a C play? module, isn't it? It's a C module, that's yeah. re- and then it's a freight. But you are, you're writing PHP still, which is cool. Yeah, and it just yeah. goes. See, that's quite cool. Though, yeah. obviously, uh, looking at the source would be a bit of a pain because you're like, yeah, then I need to know C to. Yeah, but he talks about hip hop as well, and uh, yeah, obviously on hack as well. He talks about that, but basically, it's a really good article. Oh, we should ban this video thing <laughs> but yeah it's a really good article for anyone who wants to read it anyone who's interested in like uh, optimizing your uh, your page loading and stuff like that cool. but uh, the, the function caching thing i know nothing about so, so that's that then like it was just saying i unless i read, completely misread this you're saying like if you've got functions that you use a lot you can actually cache the functions themselves oh like the opcodes for it or yeah yeah exactly yeah Oh, actually, I don't... in five five, it does. It's quite cool because now yes. they do it already, yeah. don't they? It's got like the Zen dot cache, so you can just yeah, exactly. That's what it was talking about. Yeah, but it was talking about other tools that you can use in like five point four and lower and stuff. Basically, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so that and anything else that I have. No, I think that's about it. To be honest, not replayed really with. Oh yes, yes, I have. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was now. What have I been playing with? Uh, oh, <laughs> you should never do that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, dot dot dot. Uh, I'm gonna have to minimise you guys a second. Um, it was like um, if I search, I'm sure we've plugged this quite a few times before. So sorry for anyone who's like listened to all our episodes, which is probably no one. PHP. This thing called the internet. <laughs> I found this thing. Uh, basically, if you Google lazy load, it's like the number two. I'm thing not sure that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the jQuery. Uh, Thing. Yeah, I mean, you got everyone's used like lazy yeah. at one point or another. I think I first used it on like um, on Musical Umbrella actually. But um, basically, yeah, I found this really nice one by, and I'm going to get his name horrifically wrong now, but is it Mike Tupola? Something like that. But, oh, um, Mika. Micah. Micah. Mika. Yes. Yes. That's it. Uh, but I'll, I'll put the link in the uh, show notes. But basically, um, yeah, I used that in our uh, content management system at work the other day, integrated it, and it was just really, really easy. Whereas I remember before, something I used, like on Musical Umbrella, was a bit of a nightmare. So uh, so how do you do, do you just like uh, attach it to like a class or something, or is it individual images? Exactly. Or... Yeah, um, it's cool. really nice. Like In the same way that, you know, like if you do um, an Ajax call with the jQuery way, it's got a similar thing. Basically, you've got a div, and then you call this load method and pass in a file. So all I've done, you could probably do this a lot tidier, actually, but I've basically, in the file, I've just done some PHP to uh, to loop through a folder and get all the files, and then I just spit out for each one like an image with a class of lazy on it. And then anything with a class of lazy on it, um, it basically, yeah, lazy loads. Cool. As 
as soon as it comes visible on the window, it, it starts loading See, them. So. It's such a clever idea, isn't it? Because you think of how much bandwidth you're saving because how many people actually yeah. do scroll to the bottom of that, the page. Does it actually stop the original HTTP request for, for that image and then it calls it in further down the line? Because really, yeah. yeah. if you've yeah. got... I think this, so. Yeah, right. Because yeah. then it'll be yeah. so good. Because that way then you don't... Because you think of like all these pages, especially if you've got massive images on pages. Yeah. You, a lot of people don't go to the end of the page. You might as well, yeah... If they want it, then they have to load up and, you know, even though it's another yeah. HTTP request at that time, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely recommend that. I found it really easy to bring in. So, uh, cool. but yeah, that is my, my week. Sorry, it went on a bit there, but quite right. yeah, I thought it was all important stuff. So, how about you, how about you Fraser? Yeah, oh, Fraser. Right. How about you, Fraser? Uh, <laughs> it's, been, Fraser. it's been okay. Uh, that, the, the, the very front end, or front end heavy project that I was working on for, like six months or something, that like I joyfully said that it was finished. They no. came back and they were like, actually, can we can we change this? So I've got about another week's work to do on that now, which is going to see me pretty much right up until I go away. I that's uh, nice. At least you've got something that you know about. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it was, it's kind of, it was done in exactly the same way as before. And I, I can't really grumble because I'm, I'm doing work and I'm getting paid for it. But it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I've, I've done up these visuals and there's now a button over there. And it's like, okay, you can just do that button, can't you? I'm like, uh, yeah, but that button has got a lot of functionality associated with it that also needs to be built, which is, I guess it's standard when you're getting kind of projects from, from non-technical folk anyway. Um, so, yeah, back on that. Um, I had, I think, about four working days of working on Angular, and that's been really, really good. I enjoyed that, um, and kind of it's yeah a bit of a pain that I don't get to to work on that right up until I go away. But it's it's been good anyway. So I've I've been playing. There's a a Wizzy, I, I can use this as one of my picks actually. There's like a, a WYSIWYG editor that someone's built for for Angular, which is really good. Cool. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> I still can't see Mike. I'm still seeing this pull table thing uh, with the. Um, already. Mm. Oh. And uh, yeah, so this this WYSIWYG's a really simple, really basic one. So I've been trying to kind of play with that and tweak it to exactly how how the designs have come across to how we need to make it look. Um, and then that's pretty much been me for for the last week, to be honest with you. Um, I went to the dentist for the first time in fifteen years. So you actually did that. You, on had, Thursday. you have to do it for years. I was so so scared, like really really scared. And, like turned up. And I was like sitting there, like shaking it. I wasn't like quite shaking in the chair, but like proper, proper scared in the chair. And uh, yeah, he kind of probed around my mouth, and apparently everything's fine. But I've been to the the hygienist as well, and she's made me buy an electric toothbrush, so it cost oh. me a bit of money. But it was, uh, yeah, it was all good. Is and it, then, this isn't this isn't to do with rowing preparation. It is, to, yeah, general... because to, oh, it I is. need to be signed off for insurance purposes. I need to be signed off by a doctor and by a dentist um, to to be allowed to do the crossing. Um, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. Are there it's... any other medical professionals that you need to be signed off by before you do this? No other medical professionals, no, but I had all the courses. And I, I got my, my exam result back for, for the Yachtmaster course. Yeah, I, I saw the one... the t- a tweet on that. Congratulations, Yeah, sir. thank you very much. So I was, yeah, I was well, a little bit worried about that. because I was thinking the... if you didn't get that, then you probably wouldn't be going next exactly, week. Exactly, so. yeah, oh. 100%. Um, but yeah, that was the, the, the course that I was away for those few weeks a couple of months ago with. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to actually finally have the certificate in hand and know that all my all my courses are now done. So it's yeah, it's it's getting there. And how then, many uh, days until the the first? Wh- how do you how do you what, what's the rowing speak for first first set row? Sail? I don't know. Set sail. Set sail. Uh, yeah. oh, we can call it set sail. Um, well, I all, fly out, up. I fly out to California a week on Thursday. Um, so I've got two days in Los Angeles, then go up the coast to Monterey, which is where the race goes from. So we've got two weeks there, and then. We leave Monterey, headed for Hawaii on June the seventh. That's amazing. And I just need to give us a little plug as well. If anybody's interested in that at all, um, give us a follow on Twitter at Pacific Rowers. 
And at underscore Edman, of course. underscore man, sorry. What's the underscore got a website as well, though, right? We have got yeah. websites as well, yeah. It's pacificgrowers.com. I'll put all that in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. boom. Just trying yeah. to plug it as much as possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then other than that, I went to see my grandma on Saturday for a couple of days. She lives up in, in your, like, my whole family's northern. I'm the only southern in my family. So, yeah. kind of like, oh, so no. I, can, I can make oh. fun of northern people like Michael so, <laughs> without guilt because it'd be like inciting my mother if I was to mean. <laughs> you, you're the white sheep of the family, are you? I am, yeah, 100%. Um, so, Where yeah, are they all based Sorry? Are they, are they near Manchester? or? Where? No, well, I was born in Stockport, um, but yeah. my dad's from Carlisle and my mum's from Barnsley. Oh. And I was up in Barnsley this weekend, so uh, yeah, that was a, a nice little, nice little event. So yeah, it was good to see the family. And uh, yeah, it's grim up north, isn't it? It's not so, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's bush. Yeah. 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 Did I tell you guys I lived in Scunthorpe for two years when I was younger? Oh, really? Really? Got it. Don't, don't really remember it that well. <laughs> I was thinking, is this a joke leading to a joke with you? I always think. No, no, no. It's a no, no, it's true story. Oh right. So the joke was you having to live there in Scunthorpe then, I guess. <laughs> I can't really remember I was I was little so it's, it's probably pointless yeah. me telling you that in the first place but I just thought you it's might like to know name, anyway though, isn't it? it's a funny name it's it's well. anywho yeah. so anyway so, uh, anybody got any yeah. pics pray just that picture of me on Twitter to be honest that's, with a, you. that's a good one that's a good, I've got I've got a couple it's taken off it's been retweeted a few times has it really it's oh, a good set of boobs. Did you hashtag moobs? Because I think uh, that no, I didn't. Oh no, that would have given us. Actually, people have legitimately yeah that web dev person. and they want to, yeah and Reddit web devs as well. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. So Reddit web dev. You're kidding. Oh, wouldn't that be great if it goes on Reddit and that's oh, how that'd be that's amazing. our claim to fame. Our claim to fame for three dozen of maybe is a picture of us. <laughs> <laughs> Who's oh. Tom Parr? Does anybody know him? I know him. He's a oh, okay. So he likes you. Don't worry, there, Mickey. Oh dear. Yeah, he's, he's going to really fan, like you now after that picture. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's ruined my morale for so, at least two years. Oh, um, I've, oh. got, I've got, I've <laughs> got, I've got quite a few. First uh, time I've actually looked at it. Uh, I've got it's quite a few uh, links, uh, pics of this week. Go kind for of like it, yeah. a roundup of stuff. Um, anyone of you heard Computer File? Uh, you, the YouTube channel. Computer Did File. I- I've read it. Does no, anything to do with Rolf Harris? Uh, no, 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 oh. no, no, no. So if you go to, if you look at the uh, advance, you've got the YouTube.com user and you go to computer file. It's quite cool because it's, it's pretty much like lecturers in their field, you know, talking about really just computer stuff. Um, no, not rolfharris.js. Uh, very funny though. Uh, yeah, so that, I definitely recommend that. There's been some good stuff. It talks about stuff like why floating point numbers and you know that type of thing, geeking out a bit like that about punch card programming stuff like that, which is quite cool. Um, another two links I've got is phpwtf.org and what wtfjs.com. Now it's quite cool because phpwtf. If you go to it, you'll see all the things that you know. You think to yourself, oh, why does that happen in PHP? And this kind of is like a summary, you know, like just a blog post of two little boys at JS. This is really not helping me. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so phpwtf.org is an awesome website just to see the funny things that happen in PHP. Uh, and then wtfjs.com is a really good one for JavaScript. Uh, another one. I don't know if you plugged this before, Mickey. Um, it's called it's yeah. eval.org, but it's spelled all leety. Okay. If you check, if you look at, if you look in the thing, you see like three, well, three v four i and essentially, what it is is great because it's an online PHP shell. So you're able to, okay. you have, yeah. to, have you done it before? Have you posted? 
someone showed me something very similar the other I think it was just like PHP online or something like that but uh, yeah similar thing it's very yeah. cool because it actually runs it that code against loads of versions of PHP like two I think it's like a hundred different versions and right. any ones that give you different output it will give you them so say like you know in version 4 it will give an error but then in version 5 it gives you you know 5.5 gives you no error so it will show both of them so it will give you this like an aggregate of that which is quite cool to test things out to see it's quite nice because you can test like I mean this is quite good for you Lou you know share if you're doing shared hosting stuff or media temple to check if a function will run on you know and it will come up you know and say like oh you know by the way just chuck in that function in there do a couple of tests do an evaluate on it and see what P- what actually is returned in PHP on the different versions. So I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, I think the one I plugged the other week was um, writecodeonline.com, but I don't think it's as sophisticated as what you were saying. Well, it's weird, because I'm always scared of running, like, PHP, just an eval, because I assume, obviously, they do a lot of, you know, protective things on it and stuff, but it is quite scary to think that you can just arbitrary code, just paste it in and be like, yeah, just run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And finally, I've got a tweet of the week. Or actually, it's a a tweet of a couple of weeks ago, Uh, but it's from uh, Fabian Pod... I'm going to... I'm gonna yeah, Fab Pot. Is that Fab Pot one? Yeah, Fab Pot. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, Fab. He's the guy who made Symphony, and uh, so he's pretty high up in the PHP world. And it's really interesting. If you actually read the tweet, it's very funny um, oh, because man. what it, this does. So, it, in a sense, what it's saying is, is that um, if you do like in array foo, so you know the in array yeah. function, and you say foo, and you say array, and you pass in zero, it actually comes true. Due to it's yeah, it's really weird because it, what it's doing there in its great thing is PHP is using um, you know it's coercion, it's changing the for, uh, types for you, it's type coercion, so it's changing saying oh yeah these two are actually valid types together. It's not using double uh, triple equals, it's using single uh, you know double equals double. instead. Yeah, so instead you should really pass in the bit at the bottom you know the last parameter which is true saying it has to be strict typed, okay. has to be of that type as well. So yeah. That definitely could get you. I mean, I know that's a very, you know, contrived example, but that is kind of scary that you could do that and it says, yeah, by the way, it isn't the, the thing and it's not. So anyway, I thought that was quite interesting. You do kind of get caught out by these things now and again, don't you? Sometimes type, you, you yeah, think you've seen juggling. it all in PHP and then something like that happens. Well, it's like those ones yeah. and it's like, because actually, I mean, that is a legit okay thing because if you look at it, it's like, all oh, right, yes, what it's doing is it's type curse, it's changing the types for you and stuff, you know, it's doing all its magic. But, yeah, it shouldn't be doing that. Well, it should be doing that, but we should know for it. And, Mickey, you keep laughing, and I don't know why. No, I just I just came back to the video stream, and I could see a big grin on Lewis's face, and it made me think, what have I missed on the video since going on to Twitter to read that tweet? Oh, I don't know if it was... In fact, Lewis isn't moving. I've just got oh, but Lewis, Lewis grinning. Lewis, fine for us, mate. Oh, dear. Is he? Yeah. Can you not see him yeah. waving his arms around? No, he's just... <laughs> Just a static image of Lewis same smiling funny, at me. Funny enough, same with you though. I can only see well your really? your profile, your pool pool match, and I've been <laughs> I've been waiting for twenty six minutes, and no one's hit a shot yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's very weird. Starting to, starting to think so, what's you know. Uh, Lou, have you got any uh, picks of the week? I haven't got picks of the week. I think when when all I'm literally doing at the moment is is coding, so I haven't had any time to really learn learn any kind of new stuff. But how's the, how's the framework going actually? Is that the are you framework, using the framework all, for your whole? For the, yeah, for yeah, the, it's all going well. It's all you know. It's all, but it's all just like normal, normal kind of PHP stuff. I'm not. I haven't really been pulling any new components into it or anything like that. But have you done a lot of refactoring one, at all, or is it mainly just been using it as it is and then shipping stuff? Pretty much using it as it is. Just literally trying to um, 
to get stuff done and completed and just literally knuckle down and, you know, code up the, the front pages and do all the HTML, CSS, you know, the normal stuff. So I just, yeah, literally haven't, haven't done any actual raw learning for probably a month and a half now. But once these, once these freelance projects are done, you know, there's things that I really want to go on to, like Node.js and uh, MongoDB and a few things that I've looked at that look quite interesting and new concepts. And I want to get properly into test-driven development and all that stuff, although I see that's a very highly debated subject. Oh, did you see the Google Hangout? The, uh, uh, the DHH uh, and Kent Beck and I can't remember the other game where he's going to really kill Uncle Bob? Uh, not Uncle Bob, it was another one. Martin oh. Fowler or something. He's a British oh, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Really interesting Google Bob. Hangout yeah. on like it, talking about, you know, and it was, yeah, it was very interesting. Very interesting. Definitely put that in the show notes. I have been messing around with Bash scripting quite a bit. Oh, shell uh, you like that, do you? Shell script, yeah, well, because I, I use the terminal a lot. So uh, I realised every time I was going into a project, I was going into like the main project, doing my uh, my git pull to get everything down, then going into the framework directory, doing a git pull in there, then coming back and opening up my Sublime in my you know my text editor, and then starting the server up. And it just dawned on me this morning, like, I, why don't I just have a mess around and see if I can do all this in like just just one hit, just one function, and I've managed to do that. So now I just say load up and then type in my directory name, and I can do everything from one from one hit. That's so, cool, man. That's cool. That's I, cool. Yeah, I really love it when I you can like do, you can create like a shell script that just saves you so much time. It's amazing. It's quite. It's it's. Yeah, I, I do quite like all that, actually. That's one of the sides of programming that I do really enjoy. Absolutely. Um, so. Can I... So, uh, one thing I did forget to talk about yes, last week was, you know, the Exception thing we were talking... Uh, exception podcast from a couple of weeks ago? Yep. The pit, uh, the Python side of it. Now, I don't know if you mentioned this. I probably, If you did, I'm really sorry, oh, but... There we go. Python... Yep. No, but, you know, like, Python using an exception for uh, iteration. So, you know, you iterate right. over, like, a, a list or something, or yeah. a collection... It will actually the way it says it, there's no uh, elements left in the list is by a stop iteration exception. So it actually throws an exception to stop. Now I know it goes by the, yeah, exactly. You look at your Mickey's doing the whole night exactly because it's not exceptional behaviour. Though people say what well, you know because exception should be exceptional behaviour. Now define exceptional behaviour, and I think that to me kind of goes down the route of because you shouldn't use exceptions for program flow. You know, like you use an if statement or a switch statement or something. It should be for you know something that the, as you discussed on that podcast mickey is you know something that they could you know at that state it can't handle you know it can't you know execution can't you know execution stops and you're not able to deal with that at that level you need to be able to recover from it and if not you can't recover from it you die gracefully um yeah. so yeah it's a bit weird and i mean that there, there was a lot of talk on it because people were like you know but you throw an exception i remember you mentioning you know speed and stuff of exceptions um, that that was one thing I thought. I thought, you know, throw an exception just for stopping an iteration. It seems a bit, you know. But what they they've actually found out was that in Python, uh, if that's only the case in Python, is that it's actually quicker to throw an exception. The way they programmed it is quicker to throw an exception than do a check. Like that's another thing. They they they, uh, they do this idea. They think that you know you should ask for forgiveness instead of um, yeah, it's that ask for forgiveness so you know if you if you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so it's the idea that you know you're asking for something and if it fails you'll say oh I'm sorry here's how to fix it instead of saying like oh can I have that please that kind of you know we yeah. say oh is there an X one? Oh, thank you I'll take it is there an X one? this one's like oh I asked for too much I'm sorry this is how I fix it so it's a different mentality of thinking but it is weird it's the very much the Python way though which is throwing exceptions is very gung-ho in it and it yeah happens a lot 
Speaking of errors and, and stuff like that, actually, there is one thing that cropped up this week which I thought was weird. This might just be me, or it might be some very PHP. bad code it's PHP. that I wrote. <laughs> do, do, do you guys use Set Error Handler um, in any of your things? I, you I started that? to, only because I found that was like a couple of podcasts ago, I found out about it and I started like in a couple of small projects. But I know because I'm using Laravel, it normally deals with all that. But yeah, was... I. I I use that. I, I basically use set error handler to call a function called log to errors, and then basically inside of there, I've 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 already like set my environment, whether it's my development or production environment. But inside of this function, I had like an if else statement for live and local. Okay. And it only I only realised this week that it was completely ignoring when I was in local and suppressing. I wasn't getting any local errors at all. I've talked about like error problems that I've had locally. But for some strange reason, yeah, inside of this function, so it wasn't would, it detecting when I was. It wouldn't call the. It wouldn't call the function if when it was in local. No, it called the function, but it wouldn't uh, execute the settings using, that. Are you using a closure to pass in the variable saying that I am in that, or are you usually passing it like via like a server variable, or is it a global? Yeah, just a, I'm just defining it. Yeah, Do you, it, I'm uh, defining an environment good, variable. So, 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 I don't so know what I've had to do, to do use or something like the use closure thing. You know, you have to define. You say like, I want function, and then part say use, and then the constant. But I don't know. Actually, maybe constant should always be around anyway. Well, to, to fix it, what I've had to do is I've actually had to check the environment and see see if it's uh, see if it is my production server, and if it is, then that's when I call the function. And then okay. um, I've had to tweak the function around. So I've I've got it to set error to you know to display errors normally if I'm local, but only call this function if I'm not local. Because it didn't, didn't seem to matter whether I was local or live. Once I was inside the function, it was always um, it was always just called ignoring the local stuff. I wasn't getting any errors. So strange. Thought that was very very odd. But there was, you it, go. was it That's... exceptional behavior? Would you say? Uh, <laughs> He's so funny. I sh- He's I the comedian. Oh dear. <laughs> Do you take exception uh, to that? Oh Ed. Oh, oh Ed. Oh, oh Ed. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh genius. Oh. So you have to um, accept Ted sometimes. <laughs> oh, we really yeah. do need the little drum thing, don't we? Dear, oh dear. Can I make a little hardware plug? Uh, yeah, and you're moment? showing it to us. Yeah. What is that? Not, not, for your, not for your webcam or video oh, thing. All in one HDD docking. Oh, what's that? I can't so, see it. Oh, oh yeah, because you can't see me. And I, I Can got, you turn so your video off and on again? See if, see okay. if that comes back. All right, let's do that. Uh could you do the same? Because I've just got a static image of you grinning at me. It's really weird. <laughs> it's phrase, I don't know why they're complaining. We're fine. I'm just not moving that much. I don't know. So um, basically, a uh, guy at work was chucking out a load of external hard drives. Because I don't know about you guys. I- I've certainly got like three old computers just sitting in my loft. And they all had like decent hard drives at the time. You know, Obviously, by today's standards, they're absolutely shocking. But like, basically, he had like, quite a few. Like, I think this one was like 80 gigabytes. So I was like, yeah, I'll take them. And I bought this off at Amazon. It's just like a docking station for external oh, hard drives. Cool. Not external hard drives, internal hard drives. And then you just literally dock it in. Ah, so and this one takes both um, both types of uh, you Does know, it take the laptop? Hard drives. So you like the 3.5 and then the 2.5 as well? Or oh, SATA yes. and IDE? Does it, so yes, SATA and IDE. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, yeah, it's pretty you know, for 15 quid, when you think what well, you pay for an external hard drive. And, well, it's good just know, to like, back up. I mean, you could just back up stuff. Yeah. At least then you've got well, an extra copy of it, you know, of something, just, you know. it's Yeah, I just backed up a load of my images and stuff, like, 
me topless on podcasts and so to be, uh, to be fair the twitter's back that up for you now a yeah, lot of people uh, have enough for all the internet's back that up for you a few retweets hopefully yeah i'm gonna have a few new followers this time tomorrow i imagine so uh Damn it, that's a good idea yeah. everyone take your tops off let's do it oh more followers <laughs> i just i just want to point out i'm i am up to 71 followers now so oh, oh good work kind of what were you at last count sorry uh, 67, I think. Oh, so I'm kind, I'm kind of a big deal now. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> pretty much the boss. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a book plug that I'd like oh. to share. Oh, oh you need started, to, yeah, you need to explain this. I haven't actually started reading it yet. Uh, what plug? But it's a, it's a book on <laughs> oh, version hey, control. It's hey, like hey, Foundation hey. Version Control by a chap called Chris Kemper and co-authored by Ian Oxley. Um, I was just on on Reddit as I spend half my life on Reddit because. You know, I'm a loser. Um, but uh, yeah, I was in Reddit web dev and there was a chap a few weeks back basically said that I've written this book and I've got a load of spare copies left over from the publisher. Um, does anybody want one? So I said, well, I'm very keen to have one because like one of my Achilles heels is is uh, version control. So I kind of sent this guy a message and then uh, he, he had a, a bit of a back and forth. And yeah, it came through the post a couple of days ago. I've only read like a few pages of it. But uh, I've got big, big hopes right. for it. So uh, yeah, the good, good thing is, is that you know you should have lots of time to read that on the boat. That's so. the thing. Yeah, <laughs> all the twelve hours a day that I'm not rowing for five yeah, weeks. You want to learn about version control? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Actually, quite cool. got a free book out of it. That's yeah, cool. Let's go. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. like and fair play to him because he, yeah, he's he sent it out and he even paid for the postage and wow. he said he had a, I think he had about ten or something that he was giving out. So yeah, very kind of him to uh, to to ship that over. So if anybody's interested in a in a good book on version control. Can't vouch for it because I haven't read it yet, but I'm sure it's the best <laughs> book you'll ever read. Because it's And uh, I'd highly recommend you buy it. Boom. Which version is it? Ah, uh, it covers... Hey. Which version of what? Of what version Shah, control? What Shah <laughs> it? Oh, did I just miss that joke altogether? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That was a good one, though. High five. Boom. Oh, oh, oh missed. Too slow. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. But anyway, so I hear you've got uh, you've got some some topics to talk about I today. I have a topic to talk about today. Um, it's may bore you to death for about fifteen minutes or so, but it is quite interesting in that it tells a story about text on the web and in the world of computers and binary and all that funky stuff. So, shall I shall I start? I suppose. Yes. This is a story of. Yeah, I shouldn't really start that. Anyway, <laughs> right. So computers. Okay, so fundamentally, computers just deal with numbers, don't they? Binary, ones and zeros, base two. Uh, and more specifically, actually, they just deal with bytes. And bytes, so bytes are eight bits. Uh, there's eight bits to a byte. Um, and the way we store letters, so we don't actually store letters or the alphabet as that. We store them as numbers, so we have a binary representation for it. And, oh, what was that? I dropped a pen. Ah, uh, right, that's all right. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, so we, we've got a binary representation for these numbers. And the way we make sense of this, say, is that, you know, we have an agreed-upon translation. So say, like, you know, Lewis, who's now writing a letter to me, and, you know, he, he's <laughs> writing it a number, you know, or something. What are you doing? <laughs> sorry, nothing. Don't worry. No, sorry. Okay, right. Okay, so, anyway. Yeah, so to so make sense of these numbers that we've, you know, we have to have agreed-upon translation, you know. So say I is saying, uh, you know, one is A, two is B. So if Fraser's, you know, understands that, you know, that one is A to us and two is B, you know, when we're talking, it's fine. But then if Lewis comes along and he says, well, actually, no, instead of one being A, I've got, you know, one being 20. Now, of course, you can see there that there's going to be a problem that, you know, we both aren't agreeing and what something may come out the other end for Lewis, but it won't be the thing that I actually wanted him to, to see on my end. Um, so we, in the 60s, there was a big thing about this, 
as soon as it, as it became apparent to the, uh, to the computer and telecommunications industries that a non-priority method of encoding uh, was needed. Um, and this is when ASCII came about. Um, so I'm sure if you heard of ASCII. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the American Standard Code for Information Interchange. Hint, that may be on the quiz, so just someone remember that. Um, and what this was in, in itself was its standardised character encoding scheme. Um, it was the f- it was first published in 1963, and initially it was designed for teletype machines. So you know the old machines where you'd have your mainframe downstairs, and you'd have these just black, you know, just this screen and a dumb, you know, dumb terminal with a computer, you know, with a keyboard, and it would hit and it would actually send it off downstairs. Um, this consisted of 28 characters, which were based on our English Latin alphabet, and this included all our numbers, letters, uppercase and lowercase, uh, basic punctuation symbols, and, ma- and some, some control symbols. Also, it can con- uh, control codes. Uh, the control codes are actually quite interesting because they took up 33 of the available characters, but now are mostly um, obsolete at this stage. And that's because, so for example, character 10 uh, used to represent a line feed, and that actually was which, which caused a printer to actually advance its paper. So it was back then. So we actually still use this. You know, these, these control codes are still available for advancing a, print, you know, a paper in a printer. Uh, another interesting one is like the character 127, which of course, because it's 128, we start at zero, is the last one of the ASCII standard. And this is actually delete. And in the days of punch card programming and punch cards, it was very useful uh, as it allowed to, if you, if you know, if you think about all the binary, you know, all seven bit, you know, holes, you know, bits of it were punched, which in effect made it, you know, removed any trace of the information, which is quite a cool way, you know, thinking of how to delete something, you know, you'd remove all of it because all of the bits were punched. Um, the remaining 95 of them, however, were printable characters, you know, our A's, our Z's, you know, our numbers and stuff. And that also included the space. Um, this was the, so all of these were represented in seven bits. That's interesting because, you know, I just talked about a byte being eight bits. Um, yeah. So that will carry it. That will go on in a minute. Uh, this was a great way for us to, you know, for people to communicate back then. You know, it was a standard. Everyone could do it. You know, all the devices knew about it, etc., etc. But over time, though... 8, 16, and 32-bit computers, so we're not even getting to 64, but also include 64 in that, began to replace 18 and 36-bit computers. So it then became available, you know, it, it then became common to be able to, to use an 8-bit byte to store each character in memory. And this, of course, provided an opportunity for a whole extra bit of information to be taken advantage of. So you had this extra bit, and it says you had this whole other, you know, opened up all these other, you know, numbers that you could start to use. Uh, and of course, us, you know, because standards been standards, you know, they were slow and everything and, you know, it took a while. So a similar issue to what occurred before the ASCII standard appeared. And again, everyone started doing whatever they wanted with that extra space. Um, most early computer systems actually de- um, developed their own 8-bit character sets and they contain stuff like line drawing so and language-specific symbols, you know, things like uh, borders and stuff. So IBM computers actually started adding ASCII symbols for uh, borders, like printing out borders and stuff around text and everything and all this weird stuff. That actually became part of standard. Uh, and they also often filled in some or all of the control characters as well from 0 to 31 with graphics because they thought, well, you know, you don't use these control symbols anymore. Why, why do we want it? Just you know, add it, you know, add it, you know, include things that may be quite useful to, for that day and age. Um, and as different vendors developed their own systems, began to adapt them for use in other markets that use several different languages and scripts. So a large number of different encoding standards resulted. Um, this could mean that products were often tied to a single. Is the TV on somewhere? No, not me. I can hear. Something, I can see yeah. a TV. I I can hear it. I can't see it. How? 
Mine is on, but it's quiet. It's been on the whole time, though. All right, okay. So, yeah, um, products products were often tied to a single encoding. Uh, and this is software products, which did not allow for users to work with multilingual data or data uh, coming from incompatible systems. And developers were also required to support multiple versions of their products to serve to different markets. Could you imagine that now? You have to produce a whole different version for a different market. So say you're in France, you have to have that version. Say, you know, you're in America, you're using a diff- you know, another version. All these standards or well, all these encodings were incompatible. There was no standard. So, yeah, so you can see that was a big problem there. You know, we had ASCII and it started off great, but then obviously as the eighth bit came into play, boom, everyone's doing what they want with it and there's not a standard way of being able to use it. And also another thing is that obviously, you know, people like, you know, Japan and China and stuff, they don't even care about the Latin characters. They want their own characters, so they're using their own thing. And it just makes, you know, for this whole thing of being the complete and utter cluster, a cluster F. Anyway... So then came along, and I'm sure you know this one, it's a bit of a weird, ISO 8859. Does yeah. that ring any bells? Yes, yes. Charset. The Charset, absolutely. And so what ISO 8859 did was provide standards for all the different encoding schemes that were, you know, that, that resulted from this 8th bit. Uh, while the bit patterns of the 95 printable ASCII characters were sufficient uh, to exchange information in modern English... Most other languages that use um, Latin alphabets, so this is only still dealing with Latin alphabets, needed additional needed additional symbols not covered by ASCII. Uh, so what they did was they provided a series of standards for 8-bit character encodings, and currently there are 15 parts. So they've got these 255 or 56, sorry, you know, for the 8 bits, and each one of them, there's 15 different versions of these ISO 8859 standards. We've got the first, which is intended for Western Europe languages, and we were able to include other things in, you know, things such as um, they were able to Western Europe and they included things for France, you know, including stuff for Spain, etc. You know, like the different, you know, characters and stuff. And then stuff like um, the, the page two or the part two was intended for Eastern Europe. And you can see there you go, you know, you've got all these standards now. And they're all standard. And you say, and this allowed for another 96 uh, printable characters. And you could see. That's great, you know, because obviously on this machine, I'm using ISO 88591 because it's, a you know, we're in Britain and then in America, they're using the same. But then in, uh, maybe, you know, in Poland, they're using two or something like that. And, you know, you could work out from that as long as you knew the char set, you were fine. Um, but that still was a bit of a problem, though, because you couldn't squip between the two. You know, you couldn't have a, a document that had both in. And the way you'd have to get around that, obviously, if it became a massive pain, was to make a brand new standard with some of the characters for some in and some of the characters in the other in. Uh, and also, you need to know what character set it was in at that time as well, when it was about, you know, what it was intended for. And it's actually quite interesting. So a revision for... So I don't know, when did the euro come in? It's a really yeah. random question. But I think it would have been uh, 96-ish. What? No. Was it later? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was still uh, Franks when I when I was at, at, at not six one. When I was in comprehensive school, it was it was still Franks. Um, uh, that's a really good question. I'd say earlier than that. Would you? Oh, I don't know. But it's, it's interesting. What was the question? What? I've just come back. Oh, what was the question? I'm going ninety four. Is this in the quiz? Uh, no, 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 no. It's just being good, just because. Because um, so what happened was um, nice four. Okay, oh. So so ISO eighty eight fifty nine and then part fifteen was actually a revision to our original one, our Western Europe uh, Europe uh, part one. 
that actually removed some of the little use characters and then replaced them with uh, like the Euro sign, etc., and a couple more. So because they had to keep the old one and then they had to make a new one. So you've got part 15 and you've got part one. And if you want to use the Euro, now you're using part 15 and it's all getting a bit confusing again. Um, actually, a random tangent and good old Windows being Windows, uh, a popular further extension, which we probably... This is going to be an interesting one, actually, because you probably have found the same problem that I had with it as well. So a popular further extension, which was designed by Microsoft, was Windows uh, 1252. And that's often mislabeled as being ISO 8859 Part 1. Um, 2002, wow. In France. Oh, in France. Well, that's still quite... Apparently. That's yeah. pretty... Oh, all right. Wow. Um, and so what that um, what Windows 1252 did was added some type, uh, typographic punctuation marks needed for traditional text printing. And the way it went around that was it used ISO, the part one of ISO 8859, so our Western Europe one. But it also yeah. placed displayable characters rather than control code, codes in the range 128 to 159. Now, this is going to be an interesting one. So a common result of this confusion was that all quotes and apostrophes produced by smart quotes in word processing software. So you know you get your problem with Windows, Microsoft Word. Yeah, and you know when you uh, you copy and paste it into say another you know, editor, something like that, uh, yeah. where it replaced with question marks or boxes or non-Windows operating system, so it produced it with another quote because it's actually using a different encode. It's using a different character yeah, than yeah. what you normally think it is, and that's because of Windows twelve fifty two because they thought well we can just make our own one up because who cares now obviously fortunately. It's all um, all the latest versions, like Windows, I think, from Windows XP up. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Windows Vista. Bloody hell. Uh, you know, they started using UTF, uh, Unicode and UTF-8, so or UTF version. So it's, that, that is much better now. But still, with the legacy now of Windows 1252. Um, anyway, so... This worked well for a while because we can all still communicate. You know, we all can we can communicate with ourselves. You know, with ourselves. You know, like saying like, you know, I can talk to Fraser in a Western Europe, and if I need to talk to someone in Poland, I can use Eastern Europe. Blah blah blah. Uh, we still have the problem where we can't really, you know, together. You know, I can't meld them together, or you know, but that's okay because when you know, if you needed to do that, it's a very specific case, and you won't make workarounds around that. You probably make your own encoding for something like that if you're in a big business. Um, it wasn't that much hassle if you needed to get between different languages because, you know, you knew in a specific use case. Then the World Wide Web happened, though, and everything, that's when everything hit the fan because now everyone can talk to everyone. Now, you know, you've got everything on all pages, you know, different encodings and stuff like that. And, you know, now, you know, the fact that, you know, it's a closed thing that, you know, I can talk to you, Mickey, but if you're using a different encoding, but I know you're encoding. Now I don't know you're encoding. Or... There's so many encodings out there, you may not provide me the right one, I have to now make a guess. And now making a guess in encodings can be so hard, especially in the case of like these parts on an ISO 8859 standard. Um, so, it's, it's quite funny. So, uh, so now, yeah, now everyone able to commute with everyone else. Uh, the idea of these different encodings used around the world ends in mass confusion. Which one do you use? Uh, programs need to know what encoding, uh, co- uh, coding coding to use in order to display the contents of the file correctly. And if a program uses the wrong encoding, it may show text as, and I'm going to really butcher this word, but there's a Japanese one, it's called emoji bake. Emoji bake. There's actually a word in Japanese to describe incorrect, like, malformed encoding. Because you said the first part of that word is emoji, and like, emojis are little character things that you get on yeah, iPhones, I'll, aren't I'll they? Yeah, I'll put it yeah. in, it's emoji Someone else may have been much better but it's so funny, like it, it's actually so. It's an actual word in Japanese to describe this issue, and the translation for it is transform, 
And the definition is, is the presentation of incorrect, unreadable, <laughs> unreadable characters when software fails to render text correctly according to the associated character encoding. So it's quite funny that this problem was so, you know, common that yeah, the Japanese even made a word for it. Um, and then also like the thing of that, what happens if you want to display multiple encodings on the same page? You know, like search engine results. You know, because maybe you're searching for something, but, you know, there's a, fr a French, you know, result that's as equal maybe to the Japanese result in some cases, you know. On the same page, you should be able to, you know, show the same results, but you can't at this time. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, like, as I mentioned briefly before, you know, you've got Chinese, Japanese and Korean, and that's abbreviated to the CJ, uh, C, like CJK. Um, which they are, of course, you know, they don't use ISO standards. They used uh, standards with multi bytes because they had so many characters to use, like Big Five, Shift GIS, and ISO 2022. So, what a complete mess this was. Um, and this was what it was like for probably, I mean, at the beginning and still through even the noughties as well, there was uh, problems with, you know, with people not bearing it up and not starting to use. Fortunately, now it's a much more popular Unicode. So, all that rambling to just say that Unicode then came about now i suppose actually i'll put i'll put it for with me to start yabbing on what's your opinion what, when i say unicode to you mickey what do you think uh well uni meaning one and then code code, code. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like because like, yeah. you because you're because like, your company they do like multilingual sites and stuff so you must have to deal with yeah. this like on a day-to-day -day basis yeah we've kind of changed the way that we're tackling it recently so it's quite new to me but um yeah, I mean, it's a way of overcoming all those obstacles of having multiple catering for multiple languages. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a few questions actually after, but I'll let, if you wanted to ask the same question to the other guys, go for it. But how about you, uh, Lou? It's it's a bit of a foreign concept to me, to be honest. It's it's never something that's actively come up in any of the projects that that I've done. I, I guess the only way you kind of learn something properly like that is when something goes wrong. Something bites, And you're yeah. kind of forced that, into a yeah. position to... You have to then it's, learn it. It's never something... It's it's an interesting subject, but it's something that I've never had to actively deal with yet, to be honest. I guess, is it something that I just maybe take for granted? I, yeah, because I did, and I have taken it for granted massively, and it's kind of scary to think that we can just go around thinking... It's because... The trouble is, it's because we use... The, the real text that we use is just ASCII normally. Because so, we, you know, talk, you know, I mean, we may use some of the characters, you know, we, we use like the, the pound sign maybe sometimes and stuff like that, but typically we just use NASCII still. And that's available on all these encodings um, until, you know, you come to the fact that then, you know, you do need to start taking in consideration for other languages. Um, how about you, Fraser? What, what about you with Unicode and... Pretty much the same as, as the other guys, just really ignorant to it. And then, like Lewis said as well, the only time I have come across it is when there's been issues. Um, and you get, like issue. you get the question mark, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah which like, I guess oh, are the, the emoji bakes or, or whatever you call That's them. It, but we had yeah. an issue where we were taking, we were using the, the Twitter API to pull in people's Twitter feeds and we were storing them in a database. And then when we'd store them in the database, these these emojis, basically, they were, they were turning into these emoji bakes and we were just getting random dead characters. Um, so basically yeah, we had to it was running an old version of mysql server so we had to upgrade the mysql server to get the appropriate encoding that we needed and for the life of me i can't remember what the encoding was that we had to use in the end i um, bet you but it was we, utf8 i bet you it was utf8 to be yeah. honest i think it was using utf8 before but it was a different version of utf8 oh, that we had to 16. use wow to, wow yeah that's to get cool. it to display these emojis well that's um, going to be part of the quiz as well so you keep hold of that boom boom, boom. Uh, uh, you I two forget gonna, that <laughs> 
so badly in this quiz. Yeah. Uh, so Unicode. So Unicode is the industry st uh, standard character set encoding developed and maintained by the Unicode Consortium. Uh, and the Unicode project began in 1988 uh, with representatives from Xerox and Apple collaborating to develop a single character set encoding that could support all of the world's text. So they wanted all of the world's scripts, sorry. Uh, and currently the Unicode character set is able to support over 1.1 million characters. And only currently about 110k, so a thousand of them, are actually assigned. Uh, which is quite amazing. So the first, so it's much more than your 8 bits of, you know, 256 being the max number you can get out of it. Or 255, sorry. So the first thing to point out, though, I should point out, is that it's not an encoding. Uh, it's more like you can think of it as a key value store. Uh, which maps a symbol or a glyph, and a glyph is just a symbol, fancy word for symbol, to a unique integer code point and a, con a canonical name. So a canonical name, you know, a, a unique name that it can be picked by. So, you know, you've got your code point, meaning like uh, in the case of uh, the letter A, the capital Latin letter A uh, is the code point 41 in hexadecimal uh, because they do everything in hex. Uh, so you have U plus and it'd be zero, zero because you have to pad it up to the uh, four hex um, and it's 41, and that there's the letter A, and the actual name of that code point is Latin capital letter A in capitals. Um, so, seven. Uh, so in Unicode, there are set, and the way they they designed it was there's seven different planes, and planes really are just groupings. And the first being uh, what we tend to use most, called the most uh, the basic multilingual plane. Now remember that word uh, that 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 um, that ba basic multilingual plane BMP. And this has English, French, and Spanish. And you typically require, you only require to have four hex codes to deal with this one. And then the two up to four, uh, 17 are called the supplementary planes or the astral planes. And these have everything else, you know, you have the Chinese, you know, etc., like that. Uh, but to, this is the genius part, and it's really clever. So to allow backwards compatibility, the, the 128 ASCII and the 256 ISO 88591, the Latin one characters, are assigned the identical Unicode points so as to make it trivial to convert existing Western text. Now, because the thing is, we had, obviously, throughout all these years, produced so much text, and Windows had so much, you know, we, we produced all this text and stuff. To make it go, convert it into another stat, you know, format, it is a lot hard, you know, to completely different way. It would be, it would be, it would be impossible. And also it would make it very slow for adoption. So what they did was they were very clever. They said, look, and I feel kind of bad for every other country because obviously they're just like, yeah, we're using our one. But obviously they probably thought that more people, you know, it, the, this was being used the most. So 128, first 128, the ASCII, and that comprised of the superset of that is the 256 for ISO 8859 part one. And then obviously Unicode. Um, and also many essential identical characters were actually encoded multiple times at different code points, which are different numbers, just to preserve the distinctions used in legacy encoding. So it really did take advice. It really did take um, like taking into consideration the fact that, look, we need to deal with the problems that happened before. We can't just forget that all this data isn't there because it is. Um, and it's this design decision, actually, to be that abstract with just giving it an integer code point, not an actual implementation, uh, that allows Unicode to define three different encoding forms. And this is what you're talking about, uh, Fraser, because and each able to re represent the entire character set. So... The three uh, encoding forms are based on 8, 16, and 32-bit code units, and that making making Unicode suitable for implementation on like a wide variety of use cases, maybe your phone, you know, your TV, because I mean, and you, like your radio, you know, anything needs the ability to be able to display these characters. 
Um, and this allows you the developer to pick the correct encoding implementation for you, such as you know in your my in your uh, MySQL version, you had to pick the correct encoding, but you could because based on the fact you know that you needed it for that. And no matter what the platform, no matter what the program, and no matter what the language is. Um, and it's quite interesting because there's a certain case that um, so obviously we'll, we'll go into technical details of UTF-8 in a minute because that's the most popular and the one pretty much the de facto of them now. But the the version UTF-16. Uh, the way that works is that it actually uses two um, eight, uh, two bytes, which is sixteen bits, to represent each um, each number. Well, no, sorry, not each number, each uh, code point. And actually, that can, is multi bytes. So, because because what actually happened beforehand was the there was one called UCS two, which used two bytes, and it was a fixed one, but that couldn't actually get up to the all of the encoding when it came up, became bigger, and became up to thirty two bits. So what happens is, is it's, uh, UTF-16 is actually multi-byte, meaning that it can use it can use two 16 bytes, which will make it up to 32. Um, and and it's interesting because then the CJK languages such as China, Japan, and Korea, they actually get quite annoyed because we use UTF-8 because they have to all their characters require a lot more data to store them. It, you know, like their encodings are, are, are built for their languages, but obviously we're using UTF-8 where it's built really for us Western people, you know, Europe people, because like, you know, yeah, it's fine, you know, because we've got nice low numbers for our A's, you know, and it's still only one byte. Well, theirs, they're using at least three or four bytes. So they're, they're, their files their files are going to be probably like double, if not triple in size in certain cases. And that's when using, say, like UTF-16 is actually a better encoding for them than UTF-8. Um, but anyway, that's for another day. Um, so yes, UTF-8. I'm sure you all heard of UTF-8. Yeah. Yep. Good old UTF-8. All we do is we pop it on the top of our HTML page and we think, yeah, great, you know. We don't deal with ISOs anymore. Put it at UTF-8 and we're fine. Um, UTF-8 is, is an encoding. Um, it's the 8-bit encoding of the Unicode standard. Uh, it's Unicode. UTF stands for Unicode Transfer uh, Transformation Format. Uh, this isn't to be confused with USC, which is the universal character set, which is another uh, UT. The, what happened was there was actually two different, uh, like, because what happens is obviously people have the same idea, but they want to do it different ways. And there was two different projects going at the same time, but then they merged into one. And UCS is commonly, you can you can commonly think of that as UTF-16, but not as clever and not as good because it can't do the extra because it doesn't use the multibyte. But anyway, UTF-8 uses one to four bytes per code point. And being compact for Latin text in particular, and ASCII compatible, which is its main strength, as so not only is the Unicode code points the same, but the fact that the ASCII codes are exactly the same for UTF-8, it has won out as being the most popular encoding implementation. So what that means, though, is like, Mickey, if you give me a file that's just encoded in ASCII, I can open it up in UTF-8, and it works exactly the same because they're exactly the same. Now, if I give you a file that's written in uh, UTF-8, and um, you know, it, I'm only using typically you know, the, the ASCII code set, but maybe I'm using some funky stuff as well. If I give that to you and you try and read it in ASCII, you're pretty much going to be able to see what's going on. You know, it's going to have the main bit. You may have some areas where you're like, oh, he's using an apost- you know, like a fan, you know, maybe a pound sign or something, you know, but pretty much it's going to be okay. So it, it debrigades well. It, it, you know, it it both, you know, you can evolve with it and then you can also go back. So it, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's a bit more information on that. So 128 characters are encoded using the one byte, which is the ASCII characters. 1,920 characters are encoded using two bytes. That's the Roman, Greek, Critic, uh, Hebrew, uh, um, Algebraic. 
Algebraic, Arab, no. Al- Al- algebraic. Algebraic, boom. And then six. Is that what you wanted? I was giving you the wrong word. Oh, Arabic. 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 Algebraic, yeah, I'm sorry. Same thing, algebra. Sorry. Algebra. Arabia. <laughs> Arabic, sorry. Um, and then six, uh, th- uh, 63,000 characters encoded using three bytes. That's the ch- So they hate it, yeah. There's three bytes to use theirs. So in the case of we only need one byte, they need three bytes. And that's Chinese and Japanese are among them. And the other characters which are four, five, and six, you know, encoded using four, five, and six characters. They're not assigned yet, but they're available for the future. And typically what they've done is they've actually reserved lots of spaces in the Unicode standard for us to say, you know what, you can do, actually some of them are privately, you know, like Klingon. So Klingon isn't part of, yeah, so Klingon isn't part, I'm going to, it's the quiz you're going to love because you're going to think, why are these things part of the Unicode standard? But anyway, they are. Uh, But Klingon isn't actually technically part of the standard, but people have actually used the reserved space that is available saying, look, if you and your friends want to use this space of the code, you know, for whatever language you want, use, you can use it. And then Klingon has been implemented in that, obviously, because they're all geeks. Um, sorry, Trekkies. Uh, anyway, so that is UTF-8 Unicode's ISO 55, uh, uh, yeah, ISO standards of uh, 8859 and ASCII. Definitely bored you all to death. Um, it is very interesting. I found it very interesting because I assumed, like, I'm sure, well, I just assumed, look, hey, it's easy. It's just text, isn't it? You know, we all yeah. do the same. You just be able to, I mean, you know, it's like, and it's not because cause if, if we lived in another country, we would then actually have these problems because, of course, we're quite naive in the fact that we just assume, you know, everything's ASCII, everything's ISO, we're fine, but, or part one, I mean, a bit. So I suppose... The real question there is, have you ever been bitten by the Unicode thing in PHP? Yeah. Go on, Mickey. Explain. <laughs> uh, so just the other week, um, basically, I actually found that, you, you know, if all your tables in your MySQL database are set as UTF-8, you can just shove anything in there. And it actually, yep. when you go and then get the information from the database, you can render it fine on the front end. So that's fine. But then what happened was I had a query that was taking something from the database and it was doing like a match on that content. Someone else had done the code and they were doing it on text rather than an integer, which was a bit, you know, but there we go. Um, but in that text, basically, there was what looked like an apostrophe. It wasn't an apostrophe, though. It's like something very similar. Yeah. It's like a very straight line. And, um, and basically, even though someone had tried to encode it before it went into the database. Usually what you'd expect is something like uh, ampersand RS quo, something like that. But it hadn't because it wasn't an apostrophe, so it didn't take it. And then... So did it store it as is? As like the... And then what happened is that ended up breaking the SQL statement because it saw it as like, um, you know, like passing the string. So yeah, I got burnt with that. And... I'm just so lucky, actually, that Ed tweeted about this library, this UTF-8 encoding library, uh, which then I basically put in straight away, and it fixed the problem like that. It was so so brilliant, that library. It was fantastic, which I guess you'll plug in a minute. So. Oh, no, well, I think I plugged it last week, but, yeah, again, it okay. is very cool, isn't it? The fact that... Because these things shouldn't be... Very, very cool. You think this problem's been around for so many years, but we're still... I mean, PHP, so the mm. history of PHP is that in PHP 6 in quote six, which will never happen, I don't think. Uh, what they'd done for the ground up, they said, yeah, Unicode, UTF-16, I think it was, we're going to build, you know, from the ground up, it's going to support it. That never mm. happened because it's too big a project. Um, 
And the terrible is PHP actually doesn't consider Unicode code points. It doesn't consider, it, it considers them as bytes. So it assumes that in all our ISO, you know, because they all work for the ISO standards as well. And, you know, a lot of, they assume that one character is eight bytes or no, eight bits, sorry, eight bits, one byte. Which is fine yeah. if, you know, you're doing a string length of Lewis. You know, hey, Lewis, you know, Lewis, you know, it's five characters. Boom, because, you know, they all work in the ASCII tab. But what was if then, I, as, as you said, and also, you know, you add like a funky symbol in, you know, that instead of encoding, you know, in UTF, because again, because even though I'm passing that in as UTF-8, it's still the low down level implementation of it is still an ASCII, you know, the same codes. But then I say, you know what, I want to start, I want to use, I want to put a dollar sign in, or not dollar, a, um, a pound sign. Or something like that, and instead of you, because it's a multi-byte character encoding, instead of using just one byte for that, it uses two. Now, if I go with Lewis, instead of it being six, which I assume, it's actually seven. And because it's saying, oh, it's just bytes, it's just assuming bytes, which is really bad in that case. Um, uh, There's some very annoying things though that you have to watch out for. But like you say, you just you know, for example, like uh, the pound symbol, you, you know, you got your Amazon. Uh, is it Amazon? Pound? And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if you then use that in a sitemap in an XML file, that's then invalid. You know, you need that, to the, then the, use the actual yeah, power symbol. Yeah. And it's really infuriating, like, these these little differences you have to work, look out for. And and the thing is, the language PHP doesn't help you with it, really. I, what they what no. they have done is they have two, lang- like, two libraries. They've got the multi-byte string library and the icon V library. And the multi-byte one is the great one. Well, they're both great, but they can convert between encodings. But like, say I want to then with that Lewis string, you know, I want to make sure it is six. I can say MB underscore string len. And I can say, look, okay, I know that this string is encoded in UTF-8 because, pardon me, that is, you know, what I, what the user input was because it's whatever the user input was. It gets transferred to me in the bytes. I can then use that and take that into consideration when, when actually you uh, get in the string length of it. Um... And then the same with Icon V. Well, Icon V does a lot of conversion for you. Python, um, I, I listened to, well, watched a very good, interesting uh, presentation on Python. And Python 2 actually has a Unicode type. So it's a string type, which is bytes, and it has a Unicode type. And it's weird because it juggles between the two, which is very bad. Now, what then 3 does instead is it just says, look, your string type is Unicode all the time. And they're just legitimately Unicode code points. We should just be thinking now in code points instead of thinking them as bytes. Yeah, uh, and then it's got a byte um, a type that then you can convert back to because networks and machines and everything we all deal with bytes, but we need to be able to know what encoding was, and that's why you know it's fine for us to say like on our websites, oh, it's UTF eight, you know, but then we don't tell PHP when we're using string length that even though we're saying it's you know we're fine using you know UTF eight, once if someone does actually put a character in that's a multi byte UTF eight uh, character. We don't deal with that. We're like, oh, yeah, no, you know, you're going to say like, you know, like you say, oh, a maximum, you know, your username is a maximum of 10 characters. But then you put in one, you know, a couple big Chinese characters. You're then complaining. Like, well, no, it's 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 that's the developer's issue. And that's wrong. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, I have been doing it wrong all this time. And it's really yeah. bad development because it's really. I, uh, I also got a bed by the string length thing as well. Yeah, it's and, and the sub strings and stuff like that. any manipulation on these strings, yeah. because you're then assuming, you know, that it's a bi- each byte is a character. And it's really ignorant on our part. I know because obviously in Western Europe, we, we can just be ignorant on it. But mm. we shouldn't anymore. And we can't because of the web. And, 
yeah, I thought it's really... And, and, a, and an interesting little thing on, on one of these presentations that I looked at was quite cool. It, you know, on Facebook and stuff, they have like these fancy character generators where you can type in your name. I'll send it to you. You can type in your name. And what it does is it just converts your name. And you know, you said like there's similar symbols in the Unicode for like different things. And it would say like, you know, you put Lewis in and instead of the L, like a normal L for us, it'll be something different. And what this would do is give you a Unicode version of a string. So it'll look like the string you want but it will be a Unicode version. And it's good to test that information. Just run it through your system. See how it does. You mm. Try and register a user with, with a Unicode string instead, like that, and see what it does. Try and run the length on it, you know, because Twitter even got bit by it. Twitter's own system on there, you know, it says like the, the Twitter, you know, JavaScript version, it says like, you know, how many characters you've got left. If yeah. you started putting Unicode stuff in, it actually did it wrong. So even Twitter, wow. and that's really bad for, I mean, that's a multilingual site on it in the masses. So... Yeah, yeah, and you, you built Twitter, so I did, and that was a big problem with it, you know. Embarrassing. And, uh, anywho, I've yeah. been talking for way too long. Anyone have anything to chime in on that? I did have a question, but I've forgotten it, so I'll pass over to someone else. Boom. <laughs> wow. Anyone else? <laughs> no, I've got no. I've got nothing to to contribute. I've I've been very much yeah, just sitting and, and taking it all in. Um, I've kind of ex- yeah shared my my only experience with them. Um, with Unicode issues and stuff anyway, so I think I've officially bored everyone to death. No, we're looking forward to the quiz. We've got we've a quiz I've been right sitting here taking I don't know about those guys, but I've been right sitting here taking now. notes, so you're all right. going down. It's not a particularly interesting topic, but you're right, it is really important. It is and, an interesting uh, I see, I find it really interesting. Like because Unicode, the idea of Unicode is the fact that all these tech you know, like you know, like I mean historical texts and stuff, you know, like from old times, olden times, you know, if we haven't got a way to encode it, in this digital age they just go. We need to be able to store all this information and in a representative way. But anyway, moving on. I'm really sad. Right. Quiz, yeah, right. quiz time, guys. Can I, no. before we do this quiz? Yes. Did, did you guys listen to the Steve Merchant, Ricky Gervais, Cole Pilkington podcasts? No. <laughs> are they still are they still they recording that, or is this? They haven't recorded this... them for a while. But uh, Cole Pilkington used to watch Mastermind. Okay. Okay. So he's obviously, he, he's not the kind of person that would be very good at Mastermind. So what he used to do is he used to try and guess out of all the contestants which contestant would get the question. Right. So I might do that. So Ed asked the question, <laughs> and I'm going to guess whether, whether Fraser think, or Mike I think, I, think you, right. I think you'll be all right with these. I do think you will. Abby says that I'm like Cole Pilkington. Would you agree? <laughs> you look like, no. You're like, the same haircut. Are, you've, got the same, you've got the same physique. Same outlook on life, I think, as well. Yes, depressed. I definitely have. Depressed. <laughs> oh, um, dear. right. Should we do this quiz? Are you please. ready to do this? Right. So, BMP. BMP. Uh, well, 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 hang on. Wait a minute. Well, well, guys. All right. Which of, these, which of these? <laughs> which of these is not a Unicode encoding implementation? UTF-8-16-BE, utf 64 UTF sixteen LE or UTF thirty two LE? I'm so glad you asked this question. It's the last one. That is not UTF thirty two LE. It's the second last one. Okay, and Fre- uh, Lewis. I think I've got it because he didn't say no straight away. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Now Lewis. Would, would, would you would you think UTF sixty four is an encoding? UTF Twenty three or whichever the second one was. So it's actually the, the second one, which is UTF sixty four. The the LE and the B. That's what are I said. Big Endian <laughs> and Little Endian. 
the idea that you know in bytes and stuff, if we have multiple bytes that you know consist of an, a number, it's which the least or the you know the least significant or the most significant should come first or not. Wait, did Fraser get that? Uh, no, no one got it. that. Lewis got it. He said oh, the second one. Did you say yeah. second? Boom, got the point. Right. So, can you oh. register a Unicode domain? Yes. No. No. And... Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? I need a definite yes or no. I can neither confirm nor Actually, deny at this time. I'm going yes because you wouldn't ask the question if you couldn't. So yes, yeah. Okay. You can. Okay, and then Lewis. Hmm. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> So you can't. Oh, there's no need for that. <laughs> you can only register domains with ASCII symbols. Uh, it's not possible to register the name with Unicode code points. Well, what's interesting, actually, though, is it's used something called... You're going to laugh at this because it is hilarious. Punicode. Punicode. Puny. P-U-N-Y code. So this, what this does is it, it's actually built in all our browsers. And what that does is actually... It, the Unicode characters actually transform uniquely and reversibly into ASCII. Mm-hmm. So the, and the browser includes one of these encoders and decoders for this translation. So you can actually, or, or you know, like say your Chinese characters and stuff. What actually will happen is there'll be an ASCII equivalent that you then register instead, which is quite funny. Um, this is going to be the ad. So which of these is is a Unicode point name? Okay, so you know a code point, say a symbol. Which of these is a symbol? Pile of poo, pile of socks. Pile of towels or pile of shoes? These are part of the actual standard in Unicode that will be set in stone. Pile of poo. Okay, Fraser, what about you, Lee? Pile, pile of socks, was that one? We've got socks. I mean, got pile, ta- pile of socks. I mean, got, yeah. yeah. Socks, okay. And then Mickey. I think Fraser's pretty right, but I'll go with shoes to be different. It is pile of poo. Because it's there the little is- symbol on the iPhone yeah. thing. Absolutely, and that is a symbol that is actually used. I think it's used in Asia, you know, like, must, yeah, anyway. Trust you to know that, Fraser. <laughs> um, so I think Fraser's winning at the moment. I'm no, not... I think I'm even Stevens with Lewis. Okay, okay. Maybe, Mickey, you can get back on this. What does Thanks. ASCII stand for? I told oh, you this. Shoot. Oh, man, I uh, tried to write it down. Stand. I couldn't find a pen anywhere. American Standard... Uh... Character International Index. Okay. Fraser? Uh, American Standard Character Information Interchange. Boom! He's Googled it. Come on. No, oh, no, he said it. it before, and I wrote it down oh. when he said it. I think it. I said it. I, even, I hope I didn't say it wrong, because that's wrong, and I think I may have said it wrong. What? So you have to get a point. Uh, oh. <laughs> I really screwed this one up. Uh, Lewis, how about you, sir? Absolutely shocking, <laughs> uh, kind. Uh, it is okay. So it's actually absolutely the Ameri- shocking. Kind it is. <laughs> it's the American my... Standard Code for Information Interchange. Oh, oh I think I should get you a point because I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. Um, this yeah. one was one I discussed in the ASCII. Where does the control code delete come, and why? What position does it come in? What's the control code? Uh, no control. So <laughs> control the, the control code delete. Okay, yeah, because it didn't make any bit. sense to me the last before one. that. And, and what's that then? What would that number be? Seven. One. Uh, oh, five. Right. oh, sorry. That's what you're saying. You have eight uh, bits, six. and the, num- the highest number you can make out of uh, oh, sorry, out seven bits. What's the highest number? 
Seven. Nine, nine. <laughs> um, Come on, that's got to be right. 64. Um, okay. <laughs> you got half a point for the last one. How about you, Lou? Seven. Seven. There's, there's, lo- there's logic. It may not be right, but there's logic How to about it. You, so Fraser? I'm going to go with that. Um, Where's it 49. going? Okay, so it's what actually, are you doing, Fraser? It, okay, so Mickey take gets... Take socks off. <laughs> that's weird. Pile of socks. Yeah, that's what made you think of it. Um, it's just because you've got a pile of poo. Huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning on it. <laughs> um, so it's actually uh, the 127th, because as you uh-huh. said, Mickey, it was the last one, because punch holes, you would actually punch all the all of the seven, because then that would make it remove it. So I'll get you half a point. Boom. What does BMP stand for? Oh, man. I, do I, I get a point for shouting? I, I, I said, like, I did say throughout. I was like, you better remember that. You better remember. I think that. I, I think I remember. Oh, go for it. Basic multilingual plane. Boom. Oh, right. yeah. I was going to say the same as no, well. No, you weren't. I was. You totally were. Going to learn. Were you? Oh, I don't believe no, you. No, not at all. <laughs> Any shape or form. Um, okay. Uh, what is a, this? Is going to be a boring one. Sorry. What is a surrogate pair? And there is a lot of dirty things. No, I know what you're thinking. Ooh, a surrogate. A surrogate pair. Is someone that, like, takes on something, like a surrogate mother. Yeah, So maybe, like, two other characters when used together represent a single Oh, that's a really good description. You can almost pull out the internet. Did I do it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Did you totally Google that or not? No, that's I totally just oh, guessed because it, yeah, it was like the surrogate Can, mother. I want to see your hands right from now on. <laughs> just keep doing this, yeah. For so, two reasons. So, but carry on. Um, so, what surrogate pairs you get, as Fraser said, yeah, it's characters outside the BMP. You know, I'm not so. even being given an opportunity oh, to sorry. ask these questions anymore. Well, because you just keep saying. Maybe. You had his hand up. I saw it. Go on. Sorry, Lou, go on. Uh, I, I should keep my answer to myself on this one. <laughs> So you get first dibs on the last question. This oh, is the make, that's the make or break one. And I'm Thank sure you. there's a lot of comic genius you can get out of this. So characters outside the BMP can only be encoded in UTF-16 using two 16-bit code units because that's the surrogate pair. This is called a surrogate pair. It still only re- represents a single character. Uh, yes, so the last question, and Lewis has... Can I still this. mathematically win? I don't draw? know. I don't know who's actually winning. I think I want to say Fraser's winning. I think he's got two, and I think I've got half. And Can we make the last one worth one and a half? What do... Well, it's up to you. Look, what do pack and unpack functions in PHP do? Lewis. Pack, I'm pack thinking... Pack and unpack. I'm thinking pack will pack something. <laughs> okay, and and yeah. in the contrast to that, uh, unpack will unpack something. Okay. Hmm. Any I more? A bit more specific. Uh, uh, oh right. What, Sorry, what would it pack, and then what would it unpack? This is this is um, this is in contrast to encoding, obviously. Uh... Sorry, Carrie. So have you got like a quarter full bottle of wine on your windowsill? No, that's whiskey. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That makes it all better. Could, could yeah. you keep? Could you keep talking about that for a little bit longer? <laughs> no. No. Oh, I don't know then. Uh, I don't know. Unpack. So, so, is it like unpacking an array or an object or some kind of encoding character sets or something like that? On the right Am I tra- anywhere close? On the right track, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll stick. Okay. Okay. How about you, Fraser? I would have hazarded a guess at 
kind of it would zip and unzip files. Okay, that's again, yeah, in the encoding or realm, and then whatever, yeah. Mickey B. So I remember you talking about how things aren't actually encoded; they're just key value pairs. So I think it's something maybe to do with that. So maybe unpack is. I don't know, takes all the bits and then works out what the actual rendered character should be, something like that. So yeah, so in PHP, you know we don't deal with binary really, do we? We don't deal with the mm. underground uh, underground, the, the you know, the actual the implementation, low level stuff, the low level yeah. stuff. Pack and unpack actually let you do that. So what they do is pack it actually is able to pack data into a binary string. So you're actually able to just specify saying, I want this to be an integer, an unsigned integer. I want this to be a, a carrot, you know, a chart, an unsigned chart, and able to pack things into a string to send out, like or store into into a file. Okay. Um, so what? Uh, and then unpack uh, similarly is able. So the reverse of that, you know, it's from a binary string into an array according to a format that you specify. So in one of my blog, my last blog post I did, I what I've got is I've got an, a, be able to show the binary representation of a string, and what I'm able yeah. to do is unpack and say every chart, so every eight bits makes you know the buy and I'm able to get that representation out of a PHP string. So it's really powerful with network stuff and everything to be able to do that. Um, Sphinx and stuff uses it. I remember we we're looking at the PHP scripts uh, well the PHP library for, for that because you could use it or you could use the C version but if you use the PHP version it uses stuff like this to be able to actually go on quite low level on it. But yes. So I'm gonna give Lewis a point for looking like he's upstairs, like he's just like champion. He's like yes, I'm the champion. <laughs> Thank you. Champion. Boom. Um, I think well, Fraser Dave. won. No, I think does that make if, if Lewis won that one, isn't that two all? Because Lewis I, got the first question. I don't think anyone got the well actually I think yeah, I think Lou should get a point for that one. No, I can't I can't claim points for any of this. <laughs> I'll I'll take a point for it if it's Oh dear. But that that's me my uh, run over. Boom. Well, you've done a great job as always, you, man. It's do you informative. feel better now? I think, think, yeah, you know, my Unicode, my uh, ASCII, all that, you know, it's kind of, oh dear. You know, you know what you guys were um, saying last week that Ed was fairly inebriated at your party, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> About yeah. five or six points in, Ed, try, Ed started to try and explain this stuff to me, and uh, <laughs> didn't you? Do you remember? I did indeed. And, oh dear. You lost track of your of what you were saying yourself at the time. <laughs> oh. It was funny. I do remember. I do like Drunkhead. Oh, I yeah. don't like him. He's not a funny I've, guy. I've seen, I've, I've seen more of him than Cyberhead recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That makes me look really bad. Oh, dear. Oh, no, yeah. I've been there and at, at the same level, don't worry. Yeah. And if <laughs> well, anybody else... Would, something we mentioned last week as well. If anybody else would like to see Drunkhead, uh, let us know if you're interested in a meetup. And uh, if if we've got enough people interested, we'll sort something out. Just like an informal kind of get together in a pub. Like I hope it wouldn't be formal because I'm drunk. But yeah, yeah. Even better, well, even better. Yeah, be we'll just get together. And, yeah, talk talk. Event. We'll hire if if we get enough people. I don't know how we'll get enough people to hire a room, but if we get enough people, we'll see if we can hire a room Us in a and, corner. Uh, and <laughs> just, just stand around, get drunk, and talk web dev with anyone. And Unicode that would be woo. awesome. Yeah. Oh dear. Nice. Cool. Is that was all wrapped up on yeah, Unicode? I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think I've completely exhausted that topic. So, oh, um, thanks, man. You did a great job. It was, it was interesting. It was good. I find yeah, things was. that are interesting, things interesting that really aren't interesting, don't I? <laughs> I have a feeling like you know, I'm going for it, and I'm like, yeah, well, you're pumped. It's like, no, this is not actually that interesting. I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, the representation. <laughs> the way it does, my, I mean, the way UDF does, you know, UTF-8 does its encoding so clever. 
But yeah, sorry. Oh, that's it. <laughs> if you could edit out the bit where you ask us how many bits are in there, whatever, because it made us look really stupid, that'd be great. Eight bits And also prob- probably the Ralph Harris stuff. Oh, that's oh, funny. I, I thought that was educational and appropriate. So and thought, well, we haven't actually said bye, so technically yeah. all this is in as well. So see you later, <laughs> listeners. See you later. See ya. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, Devs and a Maybe. <laughs>